0: But you see that and it is that that lack of flexibility and that continual loop where we do the same thing year in, year out, because teachers get used to it. They've got their materials ready. They're like, oh, I've got a great game for will versus going to. Have you? I can tell you a good place you can put your will versus going to game, but I'm not going to because we're live on air.
1: Hey guys, welcome to another very special episode of the More Than English podcast. We are coming back at you once a week, and guess what? We are gonna have a we're gonna have two people on this. That's gonna be so awesome and fantastic. Hey Harry, nice Hello to you. Hello there, how you doing? Uh, this is so exciting and awesome. I'm doing fantastic. How are you?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm excited because right after this, I'm going to be speaking at Innovate ELT about something I'm very passionate about. So um, that's going to be good.
1: Amazing. So, um, well, why don't you actually take a second? Because you've been on this show. You've been, you know, months ago, probably last year um, when I interviewed. I had hair. When you had hair, you were on twice, too, on the same beautiful eyes. So just. Uh, Give us a refresher, who you are, what you do, what your specialty is, anything about renewability, sustainability, if you want. Go ahead. The floor is yours.
0: Hello, everybody. Um, I am Harry Waters. I am the founder of Renewable English. There we go. Guess the angle's right for that one, Um, which is a climate change awareness program um, where we aim to give the tools to raise awareness for climate change among students and teachers. I'm also a teacher trainer. Um, I'm also a materials creator. And of course, at the heart of it all is a passionate teacher. You can take the boy out of teaching, but you can never take the teaching out of the boy, although the boy is still teaching. So that sentence was completely irrelevant.
1: (laughs) No problem. I, I only use irrelevant sentences. Um but teaching has actually we've talked about this before but teaching has helped me as a parent a lot.
0: You know, I Definitely. If, you know, I've seen something where where people say oh you become a much better teacher when you're a parent. I found it the other way around. I think you become a much better parent when you're a teacher.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, the way I feel it because I I see my wife and how she interacts and what she finds stressful and things and um and what she deals with is typical because I see the other parents and how they interact and how they, you know, the stressors that they get. And I feel almost like I have a cheat code. I feel like I have a cheat code because I, we've taught five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, nine-year-olds, 11-year-olds, which are, you know, each, each has its own challenges, but like nine, 10, 11, that's where like they start becoming, their own people right with yeah. their attitudes yeah. and, but the thing is we see that coming like i know that's coming when when Sophia and dante is crazy now but like when sophia's 9 10 11 i see that coming and i know so i can emotionally prepare and that that's a super advantage to being a teacher that i hope more teachers can realize
0: yeah i think also the we also have other stresses. so i find um, I don't know when when my daughter's like not really learning something or in a moment or something like that that stresses me out more than like other certain behaviors like so that kind of I don't know that that's one of the things that I noticed in myself I'm not saying that I'm a better parent than other parents I'm saying I'm a better parent than I would have been if I wasn't a teacher.
1: Yeah oh for sure um no, for absolutely, and and you're right. Like when I see, like for example, Dante, he cannot sit for more than three seconds at a time. And um, you know, I'm like sit down. How like how would I handle this in the classroom? You just, like how do his teachers? And that's when I'm thankful I'm not his teacher, <laughs> I'm his parents. So it's kind of a different different kind of a pressure and. And uh, you see a bigger picture, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So let's get into this. We have I have a topic, and let me actually put this. If you guys are watching, you know, I know most people will watch, will listen to the audio on Spotify or yeah. iTunes or anywhere where you listen well, yeah, to yeah, your favorite podcast. Um,
0: Sorry, I've just gone. I just clicked on the computer, and it came on with the sound and everything.
1: There it is.
0: know, well, I've had your voice <laughs> so, coming back there yourself.
1: We know it's live. Uh, but if you are watching in the More Than English Facebook group, for one, if you didn't know, now you know, and uh, hit a like. And here, as you can see, the topic of this is what's wrong with EFL? And if you don't know, EFL is English as a foreign language. It's the industry where we teach. Uh, One of my missions right now, the biggest mission right now that I have is to transform. And I don't even know if you know this, Harry. Maybe you know from my content. But my biggest mission is to transform the entire industry uh, because it's broken. It's broken for a lot of reasons. Three of them I'm going to talk about. Three of them you're going to talk about. And uh, something needs to change. I mean, have you noticed that? Have you noticed, like, it's just stagnant, stale, it's broken. It doesn't work. Yeah, in a lot I think
0: of ways. that's one of the things I'm going to talk about will will be that. And I think we are seeing the cracks of light coming through. And things are slowly beginning to change. Like the things that I'm going to talk about today, they are definitely starting to change. So fingers crossed they continue to do so.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And things like this and things like other content from great teachers that I see more and more of that are like outside of the box thinking, right? That um, it's just a really good thing to see. Because I think, you know, technology is helping that. People's creativity is helping that. Um, people moving off and going off into entrepreneurship in this industry is helping that a lot. And um, it's only going up from here, I think. So let's get into it, how we can do our part, just like with the earth, how can we do our part? I have three ways that I see it's broken, uh, you have three ways that you see it's broken, and then we'll figure out ways that we can do our part to fix these. What do you say?
0: Sure. Sounds good to me. So my first way. to that.
1: <laughs> very nice. Uh, the first way that I see that the EFL industry is broken is the mentality. And it's I used to be very religious, and it's the same reason that religion is broken. And it's this mentality. We've always done it that way. You know, a lot of academies, a lot of teachers. Now that it's September, I I say this on my stories all the time. Now, now that it's September, it's time to go back, find your academy, and go ahead.
0: I see you. It's October.
1: It's October now, right? Yeah. But uh, and by the way, my academy, the Centro Norte Americano, is starting in October. So, um, but it's September. It's October. It's a new like season for school year. And uh, so, let me find my. Uh, private tutor this year let me find my business english you know my teacher to come in and teach us business english this year let me find my academy academies let's get our school curriculum going our a2 classes b1 class b2 class and just it's the same thing as last year but it's just with a new calendar number right why is this broken this is broken because this is not the way to progress in anything, right? If you think about it, I mean, if we think about it, like if I personally do the exact same thing that I did last year, how am I possibly gonna get better? I'm not.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: And and it's the same thing in an industry or a school, right? Um, Have you noticed the same trend Though we've always done it that way trend?
0: I really have. I think that links quite well to one of one of my things that I think is like wrong in a way with with EFL, with ELT, and that is the lack of flexibility, you know, so... Perfect transition.
1: Let's do that one
0: now. Look at that. We, you know, we we look at the materials, we look at the books, and every single book, almost every single book, is a grammar-based syllabus. Every time, oh, here we go, let's do present simple, then present continuous, then oh, here we go present simple versus present continuous every single single year and and you know will versus going to so that's not going to help people become fluent speakers it might help somebody do an exam but which exam actually asks you the difference between will and going to none of them do even you know these the cambridge exams the trinity exams the pearson exams none of them ask you to define the difference between will and going to because there isn't really a big difference. You can use them interchangeably. Nobody really cares. Why do you waste a whole week of my life doing that? But you see that, and it is that, that lack of flexibility and that continual loop where we do the same thing year in, year out, because teachers get used to it. They've got their materials ready. They're like, oh, I've got a great game for will versus going to. Have you? <laughs> I can tell you a good place you can put your will versus going to game, but I'm not going to because we're live on air.
1: I'm not going to, and I will not do it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I will not, I'm not going to, I'm not planning on doing that. And in the future, it's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> uh, and it's funny you say this, because it just made me think. This week, um, my nephew, my Spanish nephew, my wife's nephew, which is my nephew, he, uh, he's in third of ESO, and he's been learning English really well right? He watches all of his series in in English. He watches everything in the original language. He's actually starting Korean series, right? And he's learned amazingly. And uh, he's like, Jesse, I'm a little upset in my English classes. And I was like, why is that? He's like, because we're doing the same thing as we did last year. (laughs) And I'm like, well, guess what? The same thing's going to happen next year and the year after that and the year after that. And I I was like, you could take like last year's book. Literally, I've done this. Like take a B1 and a B2 and a C1 book, open it up to the first page. And anyone listening, if you have different uh, English study books from your classes of different levels, take them open them up to the first page where it gives like a summary of each chapter. They're going to be the same order of the same things. Kind of like Harry said to like start with past simple and past present perfect and then present simple versus present continuous Um, you know and comparative superlatives and it's the same order and I was like well get ready. You're going to it's going to be the same thing next
0: year well yeah one thing i always did is like when i would always do as a teacher would be i'd take it out of order you know for a b2 class i'd start with cleft sentences or mixed conditionals and start with those different things rather than going from okay let's do a present tense review they're b2 like you know they're, they're at a level where they should be communicating with ease why would we do a present tense review? What kind of a waste of time is that for my my classes? Or I'm not a huge grammarian either. I'm not a big fan of a grammar based syllabus. I much prefer a lexical view of it, looking at the the language and finding the grammar within the language rather than the grammar and fitting the language to it. But yeah, that's just me
1: yeah, and me. Um, which actually brings me to my second point. I'll put you know I'm kind of going out of order as the conversation flows. So. Um, my second point is a heavy focus on the language, right? Um, so these books, they're, they're centered on the language. So I teach you, let's do future tenses, right? So I'm like, this is a future tense. Nice, a visual, we're gonna get a visualized sense. A future tense, uh, here's the language, here's the grammar. Here are some arbitrary examples now maybe you make some examples and here we go you go home thank you why is this broken then why is this not helpful because people do not learn english i mean people who really want english don't learn it to learn the grammar they learn it so they can achieve a goal so they can communicate They can communicate uh, when they travel abroad. They can communicate with a girlfriend or boyfriend. They can do a job interview. They can teach better. They can whatever. They do it for a goal. They don't do it to learn a language. But here's the problem. Here's why I want to transform this. Because now most non-native speakers think that they do it for the language. Because they've been conditioned since since they were young to study for the language um, and for exams, which is my third point, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> but, but they, they think that language, I need more grammar, I need more grammar, I need more grammar. No, you don't. You need to be able to use the grammar you know to be able to say what you want to say, right? What did you yeah. find? What gold nuggets did you find in there?
0: Oh, um, the the probably this this book's actually the the grammar section of it's quite well, it's quite nicely done. It's not present continuous, da da, da, da da Like it has it written quite nicely. You know, it talks about expressing hypothetical preferences rather than saying conditionals. Um, it's actually speak out. It's actually a really good book. um mm-hmm. I grabbed the first book that came to hand. But yeah, when it comes to future forms, it's it starts out with future gazing. You know, future predictions, and there's a big list of all these different predictions um it's quite it's quite nicely laid out this one to be honest um but it does have now this is an advanced book and it has the rules there and it's got be going to and will and the future continuous and the future perfect so it's got all of that in there um it does also have some really lovely phrases though so if i were to, to use a book with um an advanced level this would be the kind of thing i'd use because It's not explicitly grammar. It does have a a nice focus on it, but it does have still have that kind of it's what a lot of teachers want, isn't it? It's what a lot of teachers ask for. A lot of teachers want that this is the grammar that we want. This is the, you know, I don't know. We want a, a set scale of grammar and this, that, and the other. I'm I'm not I'm not into that. I'm more into the kind of lexical approach. Um and yeah, as as we mentioned, a, a focus on the the language that we use. Because I certain I, you asked me a question in Spanish about grammar. I haven't got a clue. I have not got a clue about Spanish grammar. Um well, before I, still I get started more... teaching, if
1: you asked me a question about English grammar, I had no idea. Like I no idea. I, I, I remember subbing for you, and there was an example on there like why why is this like gone instead of go and then he answered, this was a 13 year old boy and then he answered um oh it's present perfect that's why and I'm like, yep, that's why and then, like I waited mean, until after the cuts I was like what's present perfect <laughs> you know I don't, I don't know if exactly know. present perfect yeah. but it was something like that it was maybe third conditional or something
0: I remember on my on my CELTA course actually, like somebody said, "Yeah, you need to use the past participle." So I was twenty three years old, and somebody said past participle, and I was like, "Have you got any medicine for that? It doesn't sound nice." <laughs> I
1: know. So yeah, I you know. don't, you uh, don't start don't say participle in American English. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> And that's the thing. We don't start out as experts. Um, This is one of the gripes that I'm going to be talking about in in a while in my in my talk in just a while. I'm going to move on to uh, the next thing, if that's okay. My next issue that I have. Uh, It's another nice little segue there, I guess. Um, And now as a materials writer, as a content creator um, and as a teacher trainer, I found there is this again is something that's improving there is a big lack of sustainability and environmental uh, focus in our books Um, and it's something that that we really need to, to work on and again this goes back to the flexibility side of things with this prescribed book it takes two or something three years to make then it has to go out; it has to be printed which again isn't particularly sustainable um, it doesn't have that flexibility of the digital aspect where you can look at it and think, damn, this book needs some sustainability. Let's scrap that unit on the how to do something in a weird way and let's change it and focus more on sustainability. Now, again, this is something that's slowly changing. It's changing the world over but it's in it's in pockets and it's in bubbles. So I've surrounded myself with a group of teachers and people who are really into sustainability and focusing on, on this. So it feels like everything's great. You know, it was like my Facebook around the time of Brexit. I was like, there's no way they're going to vote for Brexit because I didn't realize that there was anyone outside of my bubble. Um, so I was like, you know, trapped in this way thinking everybody's everybody's of the same mindset. They're not with sustainability. You know, it, does, it is something that needs to be focused on. And I found this when I went to a school. Um, and we talk about the youth and their voice being the people that are speaking out and moving forward. We've got Greta with her amazing blah, blah, blah talk the other day. Um, we have Kids Against Plastic who are speaking. And we have thousands of different youth activists. And we look at that and think, that's everybody but it isn't so I went to a school the other day and I said hey guys what can you do to be more sustainable their answer recycle I was like recycle Recycle is literally the least you can do. That's like saying, hey, man, I'm on a diet. Yeah, really? Yeah. I had Coke Zero with my Big Mac. You're not on a diet. You're not doing anything. You can't say you love the planet if all you're doing is recycling. It's a great place to start, but we need to create that kind of greener mindset. And that needs to be within the materials of ELT because it's such a wide reaching um, a wide reaching thing across the globe.
1: Awesome. That's amazing uh and it's it's uh it can expand obviously to other areas like math what you know history whatever but uh absolutely we need to do our part and as in terms of of getting better i think like you said we are getting better with this and the digital materials are getting a lot better for example in schools last year um, it was no problem for students that came in late if they didn't have a book, because on the projector, um, the material in the book in the from the book, it's almost better on the projector. So we don't even need the books anymore. So I think as academies, I think there also needs to be less of a focus on forcing everybody in the names of fairness to get the book or buy the book. Right. We can start. I mean, maybe
0: maybe the workbook or the activity book, but you certainly don't need to go out every year and spend 60 something euros on that. Or or maybe everybody gets the digital book, which, again, is usually slightly cheaper, but it's also so much more accessible because they can get home and it's all there. It's all ready to go.
1: They have it all the time because they have their phones with them all the time. And then if they have their phone, you have your book. You can't say, oh, I left my book at home.
0: Exactly. And and it is again, it's more sustainable that way. Yes, of course, there is the the increased use of electricity. Like let's not forget that because there there are more servers that has all the, the different learning management systems on them. So there is a big increase in in electricity consumption. But again Electricity consumption shouldn't be a problem because there is an answer to that. We don't need to go down the fossil fuel route. We can have sustainable. We can have renewable energy. So more electricity shouldn't be an issue going forward. We should be looking at these kind of alternatives. So I think that the days of the the printed book. I, I don't think that I think they're numbered. I don't. I think in, a, in ten years time, printed books are going to be few and far between.
1: You think so? Like in general, I
0: don't or just need... in so, certainly in classrooms. I think with the like the invent of like Preply and and all the and Udemy and all these online services that they have, publishers are going to have to be more flexible. They're going to have to be able to give things instantly. I mean, look at Twinkle, for example. They come out there, their materials are rapid. They're on the moment. Like yeah. they just released a pack all about the the COP26, which is happening at the end of this month, start of next month. Um they, they've released a pack on that with 26 new materials. Now, what other publishers can do that? There yeah, aren't many. Exactly. They a lot of them have projects that are going, like the one I'm working on, Speak Up for Sustainability with Pearson. They have projects on the go where we've got these five amazing themes that, that are produced and, and they're there, they're available. But to get them included in the main course book is really difficult.
1: That's all. I sense your passion. I sense your passion for this. And uh, for sustainability in the the classroom. And just, I mean, for my benefit, and so we all know, is there a site or a place that teachers can go to get materials that are renewable or sustainable?
0: There are. There are lots of sites. I'll start with the best one, renewableenglish.com. You can go there um, and you can find materials um, for classes to to suit the needs of your book. So you've got your, the first series that we did um, was all about your traditional textbook. And so they're kind of like the extra unit at the end of the book, where usually you have culture, something like that. You can add this in and it's a, a sustainable, renewable aspect, a renewable look at that unit. So it could be about fashion, it could be about... Uh, the home. It could be about family. It could be about travel, transport. All of that's available at renewableenglish.com. There are also other sites. Subject to climate's a good one. E L T sustainable is amazing. And check out E L T footprint as well for all of your green needs.
1: Very <laughs> nice. Um, I think we each have one more to do, and uh, it might actually these might coincide really well together. Mine is my number one enemy at the moment. My number one enemy are English exams and the heavy pressure and focus on exams. It hurts my heart, it makes me angry, it makes me want to pull my hair out. And, and, it's, it's disheartening that I can only imagine when students, because not only does it put a lot of pressure on students, uh, but it puts a lot of pressure to lead them down to a, down a path to nowhere it can be, to another exam or to false hope. And, um, and when parents put pressure on their kids, like teenagers or younger to prepare for these exams, that infuriates me. Uh, I was just in a group, I saw a message in an exam group, uh, and he's, one of the teachers said that they had a neighbor that asked him for material for a B2 exam to pr- help an 11-year-old prepare for a B2 exam. And fortunately, this was a good teacher. He told them not to do that because if an 11-year-old should not be preparing for any exam, really, especially a B2 exam, they should be enjoying English, loving it, building a building a like a oneness with it almost, like internalizing what they enjoy, like reading books they enjoy, Harry Potter, Chronicles of Narnia, whatever, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, whatever, right? Um, but not yeah. preparing for exams and like raising As your if level. If
0: level... that level at that age, if they are of that ability that they're ready to prepare for a B2, that is the perfect moment for them to really fall in love with the language. Get them on Fortnite. Get them on Fortnite talking to yeah. people in other countries, playing online in English. You know, get them to do the things they love because they're obviously at a level where they can really fall in love with it. And then in two, three years, when they are preparing for the exam, it will be an absolute breeze. You know, because they'll be well beyond the level of of an exam. But that's something that really gets me. Um, Whenever I speak to my friends back home, they're always like, oh, are you fluent in Spanish? I'm like, well, I speak with fluency, yeah. You know, you must be really good at Spanish. I'm pretty good at Spanish. None of them say to me, hey, man, do you have a B2 level of Spanish? (laughs) You know. Oh, what exam certificates do you have? By the way, I do have a B2 level of Spanish, and I do have an exam certificate for it because I learned the language, I fell in love with the language, and I knew exam techniques from being a teacher. Did I study for the exam? Not very much. Um, <laughs> but Exactly, yeah, and that's it, it because
1: the foundation was there. The love was there. Exactly. And then you, you knew the techniques because you teach them, but that's just the thing. I've grown to... Treat exams kind of like game day, right? Those are a specific goal. Those are not the goal. And that's what I, we're trying to change here. They're not the goal. They're a stepping stone for getting to where you want to go, the job that requires it, the university that requires it, um, the visa, the, the personal achievement like yours, right? You have a specific thing, but that's not the end game. That's just a signal that you're on the right track.
0: And, um, it's something that really gets me game. now. I'm not going to talk about my third point because I'd rather stay on this for the next couple of minutes. So we awesome. can come back to the third point another day. But it was something of, that It's really...
1: kind of uh, relevant too to this inclusivity.
0: Well, yeah. Um, so yeah, something then... that really, something that really, uh, you know, with, with two minutes left, if I get into inclusivity now, I, I won't stop. Um, something that that really got me when I was working in a school was. You know, most of the teachers there, they had to get the C1. So they'd do the C1 whichever way they could, be it Cambridge, be it Aptis, be it Trinity, whatever way they could, they would do it. And then they're like, oh, I've done it. I've got my C1 now. And that's it. That's it. Like, they're they're a a bilingual school. They're there. They're teaching English every day. And they've reached the level. That's it. English finished. It's like, come on. And, you know, they'd be the same, those teachers would be the same teachers who come in, they've just got their C1 and they'd be, we'd be talking about Game of Thrones or whatever. I'm like, ah, oh, so you watch it in English, obviously. They're like, no. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. oh, why, why, if you can understand it, would you even? I, I watch, if I watch something in Japanese, French, German, Korean, whatever I watch it in, I'll watch it in the original version and I'll put subtitles on because guess what? I can read. Um, something I learned quite a long time ago. Oh, but um, I'm tired after work. Yeah, um, yeah. So because uh, it loses so much again. Yeah. Something I could go on and on about, it, but um, yeah. So Maybe it's uh, good it's for a
1: future episode, actually.
0: For sure, for sure. But yeah, we. I'm going to leave it at that because there's not long left. So I'm going to hand over to you to to do as you will. I need to go and have a shower so I look pretty for my uh, for my conference now.
1: Yes, you have a conference going on now. Um, is that public or is that for a private
0: community? It's for Innovate ELT. Um, it's 30 euros for the tickets. We're halfway through the first day. Um, it's, it continues on until tomorrow, but I'm also speaking at a, conference, a different conference tomorrow. Today I'm in Barcelona, tomorrow I'm in Scotland. So this is the wonder of, of the online world.
1: Amazing, and it's possible and easy.
0: It is, exactly. Awesome.
1: Well, Harry's gonna go off and I'm gonna continue my rant against uh, English exams and then sign off here.
0: It's lovely being it's lovely being here. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. I just realized I can't leave by using the mouse because I'm actually on my phone. I'll have to do it That's with the right. screen. Oh I was there looking for the cursor, like what's going on? Why can't I find anyway? It's been lovely, everybody. Um, are, are you I coming next week? I'll be back next week. Awesome. If I'm welcome.
1: Let's do, you are very welcome. <laughs>
0: Always a pleasure, sir.
1: Okay, very nice. Um,
0: I'll put my social media in there for Danny in the uh, yeah. in the text now.
1: Put that, yeah, put that in the, the group. All right, thanks, Harry. Have a good meeting. See you later, guys. Later. So, uh, yeah, that was us. I'm not going to go on a rant uh, against exams anymore because if you follow my Facebook stories, you know plenty of rants. In fact, I'm going to go on a Facebook story probably after this. But those were our ways of how the EFL industry is broken. Uh, Are you convinced? What are your thoughts? I'd love to hear it. You can come join us live in the More Than English uh, Facebook group. And you can also come see me in the Eagle Method on Instagram. On Twitter, if you have that, I'm not really active. And uh, Harry is in Renewable English on all those lovely. Harry's Instagram uh, is on fire. He's really good at Instagram. So follow him on Instagram. You can follow me, Jesse James Swede, on Facebook. Join my group, um, English Speaking Mastery for Business and Life. Uh, I also am on LinkedIn. That's more if you're a business oriented person, let's connect on LinkedIn and build our networks together. Other than that, I am on my mission to change this industry because somebody needs to do something. This heavy exam focus, this focus on the language, we need to focus on our goals. What do you want to do? What do you want to sound like? And find a way to get there and to sound the way that you want to sound so that you can speak English, but feel good when speaking English. Too many people can speak English well, but they still feel bad when they're doing it. And this should not be the case because if you speak another language well, you should be proud of yourself, proud of your accomplishment and and let it shine right? So um, that's it for me. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for being here. Let me know if you have anything in particular that you would like to hear about in these podcasts. We just talk about anything English learning related, teacher related, student related, learner related, anything that you can think of. Thanks. And I will see you next week. Keep teaching. Keep learning. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time.